Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the podcast about the Great British Bake Off. I'm Greer and I'm back with JP. Hello, hello. And this week is German Week, the first ever German Week in the tent. And I was looking forward to it. I thought it would be quite festive, quite fun, a bit Christmas markety. And it, it was a bit of a more educational episode, I thought, than a funny <laughs> episode. So I found it just a tiny bit disappointing. Yeah, there was a lot more potential there to be festive. And you're right, I think about German Christmas markets. Although, as we said last week, it's um, October, and obviously Oktoberfest is where I was thinking. I was thinking about, you know, breakfast, and they could have made some bread. And, um, yeah, it just sort of didn't have the, the German theme that I was thinking of. Although, can we just talk about the opening? Just we for need a to. Because... I mean, it was mildly racist, first of all. There was, there, was a, there was a few moments in this episode where I was thinking, if I was German, I'd probably be taking offence right now. Um, but it was it was very peculiar. It, it was weird. So they, they were obviously doing like a craft work impression. And there was uh, Matt and Noel with like a little lipstick going on. And the thing that was odd, I, I guess if they're doing some sort of like parody of a band, then that's fine. But what was odd is they were sort of changing their voices to sound, I guess, more German. And they said something yeah. like, instead of thank you for explaining that to me, they said, thank you for splaining me or something, which just seemed a bit like... Okay, are we mocking an accent? You know, someone that's yeah. actually bothered to learn English, but you're mocking the pronunciation. It was a, I know. a bit odd. And you're right. I think it, I, it definitely, I feel, we'll talk about it a bit later, but it pushed Jürgen's buttons this whole week, I think. So I guess yeah. if you were from Germany and you were watching it, you'd probably be like, what on earth do British people think we are like? Yeah, it was it was a very um, weird way to open the show and sort of set the tone for German week. So well done, Prue, for going out there and shutting it down. Exactly. I did like Prue's cameo. That's the only bit when I think the intros and like the bits in the middle when they give the time checks are actually amusing is when the serious Paul and Prue get involved and do something that's slightly out of character. That's when I like yeah. it. But when it's just Noel and uh, Matt Lucas, they, they're really missing it for me this season. Mm. I don't find it amusing. I've, I don't think the bakers find it necessarily amusing either because they're just trying to crack on. But yeah, never mind. Yeah. It's been a bit strange this year. They've just, they've just sort of, as you say, they're not hitting the mark really with the the comedy. And it's not that it's not funny for me. It's just I don't know. It's not what I expect from them. So last series was so good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It, it was at the time where we needed it in the nation, wasn't it, amid the pandemic? So maybe I just found everything a lot funnier back then, and and just don't as much now. Possibly knows? they they do sort of Matt Lucas his sort of. Uh, comedy is like characters so he kind of puts on a lot of different voices and you know a few weeks back he did the Flintstones theme in German and things so like he's kind of just a character type comedian and then Noel is really surreal so wants to be like oh is this tent a dream or whatever which is okay mm. but I just want some like witty stuff or the standard innuendo <laughs> stuff that we like about Bake Off they did a joke about have you ever met a member of the royal family and Matt Lucas said oh yeah Ralph Little that was quite yeah, funny that was good yeah that hit the mark that was more my humor and what I thought the Bake Off would be like. But yeah, the introduction, it's the second musical number that we've had this year and I hope they don't continue. Oh, I'd just forgotten about Achy Breaky Heart. Why bring it sorry, back? Sorry, sorry. Why? It's not like the Sussex Pond puddings that I've brought up again. Not Every great. episode. <laughs> I haven't said it for a few weeks. Come on. Not good. Oh, uh, I know, I know. Um, so... This really was, we all thought, okay, it's going to be Jürgen's week. So much so that last week our podcast ended with you, instead of calling it German week, called it Jürgen week, which I thought was quite Jürgen fitting. Week. Jürgen week. Um, but it did start off, like it was Jürgen heavy, just every sort of joke, comment, anything it could be was Jürgen. And um, Lizzie sort of started off the whole thing by saying like, uh, it's another one of Jürgen's weeks. We're all just here for the ride. And I think that is sort of... <laughs> the theme that it felt like this week it was just all about oh there's a German thing let's ask Jürgen or let's ask mm. him you know have you made this before or that before and I just think he was getting a bit frustrated um yeah a little bit he, he was and it was it was uh it was quite sweet to watch in a way I think Jürgen with any emotion is quite hilarious um but I did feel for him a little bit because the pressure was on from the off and I mean, so we both did it last week. We're like, yeah, Jürgen's got this easily. And I think after the 
bread week where Giuseppe got them because they were Italian bakes. And we just thought, oh, yeah, well, if you're going to put sort of national stuff, then obviously they're going to have an advantage. But, um, yeah, I think that Jürgen felt the, the pressure from the beginning, which, yeah, I sort of felt sorry for him for, really. So did I, really. I think there were a lot of jokes. Even at the beginning, they said, like, welcome to German week and the star baker is Jürgen. It was just yes. assumed that he would do so well. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to how well that ended up for him in a minute. <laughs> um, but let's start off with the signature challenge. And it was quite not descriptive this week. They just said, can you bake two batches of German biscuits? OK, can you not, Standard. like explain a bit more about the types of German biscuits because we went from sort of really anglicizing just make some German biscuits and they said it could be dipped (laughs) coated or decorated great so basically free range on everything um to then the bakers having to describe their bakes with the actual German words and it was like well you haven't explained to me what they are individually you've just said some of the flavors but are you expecting us to know what each individual German biscuit is so I was a bit sort of I guess a little bit lost because I like sitting there and you know imagining what the bake will taste like you know when you hear it described and it was like well I've never eaten one of those and I'd quite like to so can you explain (laughs) a bit more about it please this is one of those episodes where you needed the pictures more than ever to understand what was going on but it was um it was yeah funny listening to the biscuits i like the fact that freya for example was doing liebkuchen which was great because that's actually what i had as my bake-off snack last night so i was like with the theme the theme thing i went to a uh, budget supermarket because always find the budget supermarkets are better for german things because they are you know german brands and um yeah started christmas early with some liebkuchen which was just that's Excellent. the dream. And Liebkuchen, I always associate with Christmas markets. It's essentially like a gingerbread, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's like a sort of gingerbread, um, apricot, spiced. It's sort of a cross between a cake and a cookie, really. It's quite a soft thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, classic, classic German to go with some Glühwein, some Ooh. nice mulled wine as well. That'd be nice, but didn't go for that. No, no. Maybe a bit too early <laughs> in the year still. Um, yeah. But Paul Hollywood, when he was describing sort of what he wants the bakers to have with their German biscuits, he did say that um, it, they need to be crispy on the outside and then chewy on the inside, which is sort of the Liebkuchen type uh, feel, mm. I guess. And Prue said that um, traditionally German biscuits, they're associating with Christmas biscuits, so they had to be brilliantly decorated in some way. Um, but then you heard that a few people were going shortbread style, and I was like, well, that completely <laughs> contradicts what Paul has just said. I don't feel like there is a one blanket thing of what German biscuits could be, because there isn't for English biscuits, you know, they all are a bit yeah. different. So, yeah, it was just a bit like, I don't know what they're making, but it's going to look pretty <laughs> and it's probably got some spice in it and it could be festive. So Just a bit fancy. Yeah, well, but was it Christelle who did, who did um, a brown butter shortbread? I was like, well, that's not German. Um, although they called it a German name and obviously therefore it's now a German biscuit. But yeah, brown butter shortbread is... is doesn't scream German to me. Exactly. She um, used cardamom. Lots of people were using cardamom, actually. Uh, pistachio mm. and spun white chocolate, which I like the sound of. Mm. Um, I do have all of the German names written down, but then it's, you know, I, I need the Bake Off on for reference on how on earth you pronounce yeah. them. But as I said, people aren't going to know, well, unless you're German, you've got a wonderful knowledge of uh, biscuits and baking. You know, the armchair bakers like us, we're not going to know what they are from just the German names. So hopefully exactly. we'll go through and like describe some of the flavor combinations. Um, so starting <laughs> off with Amanda, um, she did uh, her two types of biscuits, almond and vanilla shortbread as well. Um, but she did a mold wine jam, which we know is Glühwein. Um, and Jürgen was trying to sort of help her pronounce how to say her biscuit. Yeah, that's it. That's good. There we go. GCSE German. Well done. (laughs) So I thought that sounded excellent, and Paul and Prue both thought it sounded good too, and they actually looked quite sweet. They had little hearts on, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I thought they were really well decorated, and it threw me back to what we sort of missed in Biscuit Week, um, when we were talking about the gingerbread bakes and the sort of classic gingerbread house sort of style decoration. Yeah. And I really thought Amanda sort of captured that. And and I've seen gingerbread hearts and, and things like that cut out and sort of big, um, I was going to say reefs, but they're not. It's sort of, yeah, but you know, gingerbread hearts yeah. that you can hang up and stuff like that. And, and I thought actually she captured the sort of German feel of that really well, um, which for her, sometimes she, hit, she, she misses the mark a little bit. So I was quite impressed with her for that actually 
Yeah, me too. And I think that um, quite a few people sort of try to, I guess, anglicise their German biscuits a bit by using English sort of flavourings. And Freya, I know we just sort of mentioned her, uh, Liebkuchen, um, but she tried to make the cherry Bakewell style and she had glassy yeah. cherries <laughs> and, and went back to doing a vegan meringue for this one after last week having a lot of trouble trying to do meringue. Um, yeah, she went with that. So that mm. was quite a good flavour combination. Who else did we have? Um, we had a few people doing sort of marzipan. George did a cherry marzipan as well, so a cherry theme. There's always a cherry theme, isn't there? Always. It's Black always. Forest. There was Kirsch somewhere in this again. So yeah. <laughs> it is definitely true that they have a bulk buy or a brand deal with some sort of Kirsch producer. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, someone who we did we talked about quite a lot last week is Chiggs because he did really well. Um, mm. He did a orange juice and zest type flavoring i like how when do we know whether it's zest or uh peel i that's another thing Ooh, i thought about the other day I when thought of that. yeah i watched it, it for the second time and i thought Ooh. why are they saying zest and then they had peel and then jürgen the other week said pith and no one wants pith in their bake i know <laughs> not good so i just, know that was strange twitter went crazy at the pith yeah i know it was just very odd not a word that we use really um no flaked almonds chocolate and marzipan again um classic the classic flavors i guess um mm. someone who i thought was being quite clever is giuseppe because obviously he he isn't the one that people are going to be watching this week he's an excellent baker and he's usually one that people watch but jürgen seems to be the one everyone had their eye on but giuseppe was yeah. kind of adapting some of the bakes well the signature and the showstopper to be sort of Italian sort of drawing on his Italian knowledge and then sort of relating it back to the German bakes which I guess maybe there's a few closer bakes from Italian baking to German baking than there are from English to German so I thought that was quite yeah. a good technique to use now so this is where I become a stickler for the rules once again and <laughs> it's my it's my it's my, it's my inner teacher I, I've got to admit there was there was a little element of me that disagreed with that a little bit because it's german week and although he sort of was inspired by the german biscuits he was making i don't know it, it just it didn't seem quite like it hit the brief for me yeah and it's like when you were doing biscuit week that's so vague and and round it's like yeah do you know what you can do that but when you're doing german biscuits or a german style yeast cake for the showstopper or whatever then you, you sort of need to stay with the theme a little bit and i was a little bit disappointed with Giuseppe that he did that and I know it, it's funny because it sort of you know it worked out for him because he did a great signature bake there but we've said that this year haven't we when people have said oh I don't like this biscuit so I'm going to make this one I, I, I'm, I'm vegan so I'm going to keep it with vegan and then he just went well I don't really know how to do this one so I'm just going to make it Italian because it'll make it easier for me and it worked for him but I was just a bit like you know, and I was—I I thought Pro or Paul would say something along the lines of, "Well, it's not really a German combination," or you know, but they didn't, and I was—I was kind of surprised with that. But then, at the same time, he is one of those finalists, isn't he? Is going to be up there, so um, yeah, but he wasn't going to lose out on that on week five. No, exactly. So Giuseppe, his flavorings flavorings i'm gonna go with that uh, were pisto yeah. spice and they made a joke about bisto um, but it was cinnamon aniseed black pepper and cloves with strawberry jam and candied orange peel stars which was quite good but i wonder um what you were saying about paul and prue didn't really pick him up on it i wonder if it's because okay they set german week and they know probably what the type of german biscuit should taste of but maybe they're not so like schooled in their german baking knowledge to actually say maybe. well this isn't exactly what we need whereas i feel like jürgen was getting a bit frustrated with <laughs> some of the challenges and how it was worded and what they were asking for and things because it just it wasn't german for him and he, i think he stuck mm. quite traditional a bit like maggie used to with her traditional flavors uh, jürgen kind of went traditional um but then i guess also tried to work it into english taste but i think he he did sort of struggle with that. Well, we're meant to be making German things and this is how it would yeah. be, but you're not making it exactly like that. So, okay. He d I don't know. Yeah. That's the vibe I got. You can tell I've read too much into Jürgen's thought processes <laughs> on this no, show. I agree though. And I think that that is, it's another one of those disadvantages that he had from German week. And I'm, I'm surprised in a way we've got German week because, I mean, they knew that Jürgen was going to be a contestant. So... Why, why did they stick with German Week? Do they think about it beforehand? They should have changed it. Do they think about it afterwards? You know, um, he definitely had a, a disadvantage in that 
the others, um, you know, they expected a, a great deal more from him than they did the others. But also, as you say, he's going to stick with, well, this, this is a German biscuit. Yeah. You know, none, none of the others really are. They're sort of German inspired, but these are traditional. Um, yeah, it was it was a really, it, it was strange. And I don't think we've ever had that before. Um, you know, obviously we had Japanese week where we had, um, so we had Kim Joy who enjoyed sort of Eastern cultures, you know, and not just Japan, but other cultures. But, um, I mean, they hit the mark there. They missed the mark anyway by not doing Japanese bakes in Japan week, but there we go. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it just, it felt really strange to have a themed week with a, a, a baker who knows that culture so well. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it was a bit odd and Jürgen, he did try and adapt his uh, German biscuits by having sort of an espresso um, element to them with dark chocolate Mm. and white chocolate decorations. And they looked excellent. And Paul and Prue thought they were excellent, obviously. Um, And I think he got a a handshake for his biscuits too. So he was was happy with that, I think. And he probably thought, yes, well, I'm on to a winner here. Um, (laughs) So someone who possibly was starting to see the cracks in their baking at, at the moment was Freya when her biscuits were picked up by Paul and Prue and they said uh, she said rather oh it's not meant to look like that she did that sort of yeah. caveat again before oh it's vegan so it's done this or, or whatever but mm. she had the biscuits st- stick to the bottom of the tray so they lifted them up and they were sort of you know you could see inside and it didn't <laughs> look polished so yeah she had another sort of excuse as to why her signature didn't go too well this time. Yeah, it was a real shame for her in that first one. I think that um, it was just, it was that disclaimer again, wasn't it? Oh, it's not quite supposed to be like that. Mm, Well, it's it's what you've presented. Um, Interestingly with her though, she always seems to hit the flavours, which was good. And I think she she did quite well in that respect. So um, yeah, but it was a shame that from the off, yeah, a little bit disappointing with that for her. Exactly. And I think someone we have to talk about because we talk about her every week because she's very amusing is Lizzie. And I thought I was waiting for this. (laughs) I know. I thought the fact that she created uh, some German biscuits, which apparently translated into cheeky boys, was very amusing, but very fitting of her character as well to bring up something that's quite amusing. And she she made them into cheeky girls instead and gave them lipstick. It was sort of a biscuit that (laughs) were meant to resemble sort of a cheeky looking child's face. And she gave them proper eyelashes, red lipstick and everything, which I thought was amusing. (laughs) Yeah, it was really sweet, really well. You know, it's nice to take something traditional and think about how it's going to look. It didn't quite work out that the biscuits, they look really anemic, actually. And Paul and Prue said that and we were like, yeah, they, they look really underbaked yeah um and then she put icing sugar on them which makes them look even more light i was like but um but i loved the idea of it so yeah that was great from her it was funny and uh in an episode that didn't have many laughs because it was just sort of educational you needed the uh dictionary out the german dictionary um i thought the cheeky boys slash the cheeky girls element was amusing because it just reminded me of the terrible band from like the noughties <laughs> the cheeky girls that i was sort of uh well, I was like in primary school age when the Cheeky Girls came out and we had primary school discos and we'd all have to dance to the Cheeky Girls song. But what we didn't really re- like notice and no one thought it was a weird thing. The Cheeky Girls song, I'm pretty sure, was called like Touch My Bum. And yeah, it's quite innuendo driven, that one. Yeah. And so there was mm. like uh, just like nine year olds dancing around. I think there was a dance to it as well. I don't know. It, yeah. Dancing to the lyrics. Touch nice. my bum. Don't be shy. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> one word hindsight yeah. it's exactly we have so much of that from our generation don't we it's like what are yeah. we doing oh we were dancing to that we were also dancing to the ketchup song um oh i mean that's bad yeah and you did the weird knee wiggle in the dance um and then there was uh kentucky fried chicken and a pizza hut song Classic. so discos were nuts they were great. I feel this is a whole new podcast, but I like it. It is. But I, I felt the, the fact that uh, the word cheeky girls was quite triggering for me last night. And I, I kind of got flashbacks to the discos like, oh, my God, mum's running the tuck shop and I'm dancing to a song that has those lyrics. What is my life? <laughs> The twitchy eye started going. And in fact, on Twitter, people were putting up um, photos of Limbic Opit, the yeah. MP, because he was dating one of the cheeky girls back in the day. And I was like, oh, just why bring it all back? Why? Exactly. <laughs> he is stop. the true cheeky boy, Limbic Opit. Whatever <laughs> happened to him? He Ridiculous. did I'm a celebrity and then disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasn't no longer respected by his peers in politics. 
No, um, he's still in Australia somewhere. He's, he's just, he never came home. Let's move on to uh, the technical challenge now. Move away from the cheeky girls chat uh, into a complete sort of royal challenge that they came up with. Do you want to have a go at the German of what this was? Can you remember? Because you've, you've pulled out your GCSE German so far. Oh, I know. I haven't done it. It was the Prince Regent and Daughter. Exactly. Yep. And right. it was translated into Prince Regent Cake, which I guess we could have got from the name, couldn't we? Um, so they had to make eight thin layers of German Genoese sponge with a chocolate cream and chocolate ganache. And it had cream rosettes on the top and tempered chocolate crowns. It did look quite good. I'm not going to lie. I saw that on the screen and I would have eaten a whole one to myself. It's the sort of thing that you expect to see in uh, a patisserie. I've got a, there's a brand of patisserie up near me, actually, that have cakes like that in their shop window. And you just think... It looks amazing. I definitely would have eaten one of them. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a really so good. good technical challenge, though, because it did yes. rely on having lots of different skills, you know, to make the ganache, mm. the Genoese and the, the uh, tempered chocolate and the cream. So it was testing out a lot of their skills. You know, we're, uh, I guess, are we at the halfway point? Something like that, nearly. I think we're near to, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was good to actually do a technical challenge that included a lot of skills just to see how everyone would do. Uh, and then mm. also you just had to be so detailed and so careful because you had to have those eight layers, you know, the, the sponge and then the chocolate cream and it had to all look perfect. And one of the things that they had to be careful of was making sure that each sponge layer was so flat because they didn't want it to be domed. That was a criticism that they were getting quite a lot of. You don't want the cake to be yeah. domed sort of in the middle to look like the Teletubby bound or whatever because you wouldn't have... <laughs> have the uh, <laughs> correct amount of cream to sponge ratio at all points so that was something they looked out for so it was quite a difficult technical this week it was really tricky and it was that typical thing again of when paul and prue skip off from the tent you can just see the sort of gleeful look on her face of like ha, ha, ha. um but no i i, I think it was a, a tricky one it was definitely going to sort out the the wheat from the chaff this week Exactly. And then something that they had to, uh, watch, actually I thought was interesting, is the, the sponge. They had to bake eight layers separately and they were so thin that um, Matt Lucas went around and said you could confuse it for a poppadom, which I thought was right. It looked a bit yeah. like tortillas or pancakes. It was that thin. So I was thinking, is it really going to be an enjoyable cake to eat? Because you don't have that nice sort of spongy texture that I guess mm. we're used to in our cakes. Um so I thought that was interesting. Um, and then they asked Jürgen at the beginning, you know, the frustration of Jürgen has, has started to begin. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> guessing that you've eaten one and made one of these before. And Jürgen had to be like, well, no, I haven't actually. Because obviously, you know, someone has never eaten everything an entire country produces. Exactly. Well, th that was that was the moment where I really thought well, Jürgen's getting a little bit hacked off. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it was just like, no, actually, I haven't. Um, I... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Also, the, the layers remind me a bit of pancakes. And I was really confused because when we saw the preview last week and I saw on Twitter people going that it was going to be this this uh, Prince Regent cake. And I sort of looked at it online and I, I assumed they'd have like the circle sandwich tins, but just put a tiny layer at the bottom. But they were cooking them on a baking sheet with a circle on it. And I just thought that must be... That's such a risk. And you could see from some of them, like the some layers were slightly bigger than others. And I was like, are they going to cut them out? Yeah, it was. It, I would say it's actually one of my favourite technicals in quite a long time because I thought it was really interesting. And what I missed at that point, you were talking about the educational thing earlier on. What I missed was the days of Mel and Sue where we would then have a cutaway for a couple of minutes where they'd be in a German bakery yes. talking with, you know, hands in the German bakery. <laughs> now, now who's stereotyping? Um, you know, hands in the German bakery cooking a, a, a Prince Regent cake. And it, it, it felt like last night, last night needed one of those like educational bits from back in the day. I was like, oh, I want to, yeah, I want to be in Germany. I know. I want to find out what Prince Regent is all about and why there yeah. was this cake and which prince it was and why did they make it for him yeah i'd forgotten that they that. did that that was so funny mm. when they used to just go off in the middle of an episode oh while the bakers <laughs> are letting their whatever set we're going to go off and discuss you know go and do this yeah. Yeah. funny yeah i they were fun but at the same time having it on channel four they don't need to do yeah. that so we get more of the yeah. amusing stuff or just chaos i like it when there's chaos on the bake-off there's there's chaos in yeah. on the bbc we had education on channel four we have adverts so exactly know. 
Um, yeah. There wasn't too much chaos, but there was a little bit in this because um, with the ganache on top and then you had to pipe your chocolate cream into rosettes, a few people were struggling with the heat because it seemed like a really hot day mm. when they were doing this task. And uh, Christelle, she was losing her rosettes down the side, sort of falling <laughs> off the top of the cake in the heat. Yeah. Um, little, little cascade it was lovely it was so that was quite good uh, and then someone else who had some chaos was amanda whose cream had completely <laughs> split and she decided that she wasn't going to make it again i think because she might have just run out of chocolate i i did i missed that bit but she ended up uh, just mm. making normal cream to pipe on top to put her tempered <laughs> chocolate crowns on and i thought it was quite a good thing that actually she made a substitute to put the crowns on so it wasn't just mm. like the crowns laying on the bottom she actually thought okay well i'm gonna try and you know, make it look as as close to the real thing as possible. Um, so I thought yeah. that was quite a good idea. Kudos to her for that one because I think in those situations we spoke, we've spoken before about you know dessert week and good old baked Alaska gate and things yes. like that where the bakers just lose it and they just thought I'm just going to chuck it in the bin. But um, yeah, she didn't. She stayed quite calm, which I mean, it's obviously the police officer in here. Um, just went okay well I'm gonna put something on there and even if it's not quite right I've tried sort of thing and I we don't see that in bakers very often actually that sort of calmness when things go wrong exactly if we just think back to last week with Maggie and her technical when (laughs) things went wrong she didn't I guess she didn't have time to try again but she was just in a panic whereas Amanda you're right she was quite cool and collected and thought right I'll do this instead and so I don't have to sort of sabotage my entire challenge it can just go on and the the crowns can still look good but it's just a different type of cream so yeah. yeah, I was quite impressed. Yeah, It was impressive. I was also impressed by Giuseppe's very wide stance when he was uh, making his <laughs> chocolate crowns. He, his legs opened as wide as the bench. It was, it was, it, it was something, wasn't it? For sure. Yeah. I thought he was going to do the splits, to be honest. <laughs> he was just doing it of aerobics while he was, he was baking. Yeah, it was um, an interesting technique. I always think back to sort of the bakers we've had over the years with the interesting techniques like Val and her dancing while she's fanning the cake and cooling it down. Oh, Val. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Giuseppe's stance, I think, will be one of the highlights of the 2021 season. I think so, definitely. And Giuseppe did very well in the technical challenge, so much so that he beat Jürgen to first place. And Prue said a really weird comment that was, takes an Italian to make a German cake, which seemed a really odd mm. thing to say. I don't, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me, that thing. Because was it a dig at Jürgen? It, it was a little bit. He only came fourth in this. And I was, I, I really felt for him at this point. But uh, it, it was a weird comment to make. Because she wouldn't have said that, I think, for any of the other bakers. Like she wouldn't have said, you know, takes a Brit to make a German cake for if Amanda had got it or whatever. And yeah, it was it was a really peculiar moment. It did, however, look incredible. We had the straight sides, the flat top. Like he aced that completely. Deserved to win the uh, not star baker for the technical first place in the technical. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so good. Yeah, I thought it was really good as well. I think the thing that Giuseppe's good at, his flavours are excellent, but he does have, I think he does beat Jürgen a bit on how neat his bakes are and detailed, whereas mm. Jürgen, I think, is very good at his flavours and traditional sort of style of baking and also making sure things are baked correctly, whereas, you know, he yeah. loses that bit of flair slightly. And I think that's what Giuseppe beat him on in this technical challenge. And um, Paul and mm. Prue did say that Jürgen's Prince Regenton Torta... Um, was it had sort of bubbles in the ganache I think and they were losing a few of the crowns on top there weren't enough of the crowns so actually he didn't present I guess everything he needed to even though it was just the top decoration but yeah it was disappointing that his ganache wasn't as slick as I I think it could be when he was making it when you see it for the first time you could see it was all bubbly and I was like no um and again with the crowns so they wanted I think it was 12 for the top of the cake um yeah freya said 12 because she was doing the clock i remember now yeah but he only had sort of seven or eight of them and it was yeah it was it was a shame but again i think for him the the pressure was always going to be there and i think any small mistake for him probably could have magnified because he was going to beat himself up over it um mm. but not to take away from the other so giuseppe was brilliant chiggs came second i mean he's he's after star baker the other day yeah really impressing me um and lizzie as well top three for lizzie is is good and actually i think she's had a couple of sort of top half finishes um yeah she was second last week so she's definitely oh and the week before actually she's 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 getting better she's slow and steady as well yeah definitely i agree her and chigs they're they're quite consistent really they're getting through quite well and they are starting to stand Mm -hmm. out a little bit now um 
I think you're right that this is sort of when it started to be a bit too much pressure because when it came away to the VTs after the technical challenge, he said something like, oh, well, I wouldn't be ordering a chocolate cake anyway. I'd prefer to order this. (laughs) It was a bit sort of defensive and a bit sort of like, oh, well, I don't eat that anyway. You know, that's, you know, not for me. This is not as traditional as I would do it. You know, it's a bit of an odd comment to sort of pass off. But yeah, he got progressively more annoyed. And so I thought Mm. that comment was... It just showed how grating I think the episode was. Yeah, it was. You you could tell he was starting to. Um, yeah, it was just starting to grate on him a bit, which I completely understand. So when you've got that much pressure over you and everyone going, oh well, you know, the German contestant will do it brilliantly. Um, and I can't remember from his brilliant VT from the first episode with Humphrey the Rabbit um, <laughs> how many years he's been living in England for. I think it was something like 15, 17, 19 years. Yeah, you know, so a long time. He's been over here a long time. So, you know, it's not like he's eating German delicacies every single day or he's around them all the time. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it was just such an interesting element to have in the episode. I don't think they'll do it again. I don't think they'll have a theme week linked to one of the contestants that's in the tent at the time. I, I think you're probably think right. Do that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It did, it did seem to cause some chaos, I think. Mm. Um, would you like to know some interesting facts about the German version of the Great British Bake Off? I would love to know some facts about that. I'm going to get my cup of tea and I'm going to sit and listen to this. Do it because I uh, did some research because I felt like I needed to. I needed to find out exactly what went on on the German version. Um, and it's called <laughs> Das Grosse Backen, which loosely oh, translates to the, the, big big, bake. the Big Bake or The Big Baking is what I was getting it uh, translated as. But I imagine it's the Big Bake, right? The Big Bake, yeah. yeah. Instead of the Big Bake Off. That's a bit of a, a British <laughs> thing, isn't it? Bake Off. So the mm. Big Bake. Uh, and there are eight seasons and it started in 2013. The last season was last year. So they are enjoying it as much as we are. Um, <laughs> they've also had professional seasons like we have. There was an Easter and a Christmas mm. special. And they've also had German celebrities on as well doing a charity episode um That's quite cool. one of my favorite facts which i love and i don't really understand why on earth this is true but the theme tune for uh, das grosse backen is build me up buttercup by the foundations amazing yeah <laughs> it really so made me good. laugh it's so good um and the way that it was being translated to me so maybe i don't know maybe the direct translation isn't correct but when it was being translated on the internet as uh the judges were called the jury and uh, the presenters were called the moderators, which I like. And instead of contestants, Ooh. it was being translated as the attendees. So it was a bit like a conference or some sort of like <laughs> trial there on, which I thought was good. Um, but there is quite a good prize for people that take part in Das Grosse Backen rather than the Great British Ooh. Bake Off. Because our prize is sort of eternal glory if you're weird and crazy enough and have a personality, you may get extra media work. But basically, it's glory and a cake stand. That a is the prize. cake stand. Lovely. <laughs> That's the prize. But in Germany, you get 10,000 euros if you are the winner. Exactly. Whoa. Yeah. But you also get a trophy that's shaped uh, as a golden cupcake, which I like. That's um, cool. And you get a one recipe book deal to create a book which has all of your favourite recipes in. That's brilliant. So you could earn money, I guess, off the back of making your book as well. So you've got extra money, including the €10,000. So That's what a good prize. Good. Sign me up to De Grosse Bakken. I will do, really. definitely. Um, will... Instead, I'm surprised that Channel 4 haven't sort of done that now that they've got it because they, they like a big prize and things like that. But I suppose we'd like to keep it traditional here, don't we, cake sales? bake-offs exactly if it i guess cool if it was sort of it worked without the cash prize i guess because otherwise it would just be you know more money that either they they have to find from advertisers or sort of themselves and they wouldn't get as much money back so i feel like it came from the bbc they're okay with the cake stand they're still okay with the cake stand i guess this is true yeah the the viewers are happy with it let's be honest here with a number of them so true but um Oh, I want to watch some German Bake Off now. Yeah, I watched a clip um, because Did I heard you? I heard rumours that they were going to they have done previously a British Week, and I thought it'd be interesting to see how Amazing. British Week on the German Bake Off is with our German Week. And I very much wanted to know German and be fluent in German because it 
I mean, I wanted to watch the show. It looks exactly the same. There was a lot more sort of pop music being played into it. Uh, the host, she had quite uh, wacky clothes on like Noel. So I feel like there was a good crossover. Um, but I wanted to hear a bit more about what they were expected to make because it flashed up saying that they had to do a very British 3D challenge for their showstopper. But I wanted to know a bit more of the elements, but I, I didn't understand it, obviously. Um, but I found a little description on the YouTube video that gave some information about what the bakers needed to include in their Great British Week. Uh, and uh, they'd written it as, and it's great. Um, <laughs> the theme is Great Britain. The island is best known for tea time, pies and mint flavour. Okay. I hate mint flavour. Mint okay. flavour. Uh, right. Do the bakers also master the fine English style or are they facing a culinary Brexit? I loved oh, it. I loved political it. slogans, lovely. So funny. And then what was That's helpful so uh, for the non-German speaker watching it was that they also include illustrations just like the English version does. So they so cool. had a few of the bakers uh, obviously describing to camera what on earth their bakes were going to be like, but then it popped up with the illustrations so I could see what it was. And one baker um, for their very British 3D challenge was doing the Gherkin at Sunrise. So they had... I don't know why they picked the gherkin. Random. They could have picked Buckingham Palace, the London Eye, yeah. the Shard. Big ben. Yeah, but the gherkin. So that was quite good. Someone was also doing an orange and mint London bus, which was nice. Ooh, that's there creative. Are, I like that. There are a couple of teacups and teapots, which were standard, you know, some yep. Earl Grey. They called it Mr. Grey, which I liked. Maybe there was a joke, though, that I didn't understand in German. It's very funny. So I don't think it's Maybe. just getting it wrong. Um, and uh, there was a Union Jack topped mini someone was making. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and then oh. two that are a bit confusing. The first one no. was a whiskey and bacon crunch Big Ben. Right. So well, whiskey Scottish, I suppose, but... Fry-ups, right. I guess. Did they think that we love our bacon, our fry-ups? I don't know. Maybe. Um, That's weird. Yeah. I know you can get like maple syrup and bacon and bacon pancakes and things which in America. So maybe it kind of yeah. kind of works. But I like that idea. But then someone's, it came up with, and I saw the picture come up and I thought, oh, it's going to be like the crown jewels, you know, the queen's crown. But instead it just said the imperial crown of India. Now, I don't know if that's actually the name of the Queen's Crown. It might be. But the idea that someone had come up with the Imperial Crown of India seemed a bit like a dig. <laughs> it did. It's just like, a, I don't really want to take part in this British week. Therefore, I will do that. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like Giuseppe and his Italian um, German bakes. I'm having a quick look now. Uh Imperial crown is the it was the crown that was used by King George V in his capacity of Emperor of India in 1911. Oh, so it is a dig. It is what's British. What can I make for my British showstopper? Something colonialist. Yes, something mm. that was a crown used 110 years ago. Yes, to from someone who had taken over another country. So thanks, <laughs> thanks, Dust Grosser Bakken. Um, that was an interesting. Uh, little view of that show i would recommend looking at it on youtube there are a few clips i had a, a great so time watching you should let's move on to the showstopper now back to german week rather than the very british oh, 3d yeah. week from das grosserbacken um they had to create a yeast leavened leavened cake now i needed a few more bits of description there from yeah, what on earth this type of cake was going to be because i didn't understand it i'd need to be a professional baker to be able to get what these terminology means in terms of cake and what's it meant to look like because yeah i wasn't really sure what they were meant to be baking really it was a strange one I, i'm guessing that it's a cake that instead of self-raising flour uses yeast as the rising agent but that's, it was a bread cake essentially is what i was thinking and i was like but that's so strange like we've had bread week paul back off seriously uh, <laughs> we're done with bread um yeah it was a really strange thing but then i suppose I, what i didn't do was then look and see if they do have them in germany and if it's sort of part of bavarian cuisine or germanic cuisine or anything but um yeah it's a strange challenge it was a bit odd and i think mm. that we had people sort of christelle made a brioche so it, that kind of gave me a grounding in understanding what on earth the type of cake was you know it's that it's the cakey cakey bread and jürgen did like a, a breakfasty type thing which is i think 
I did get a bit criticised for that, but that's how I mm. sort of understood that type of cake to taste like. You know, as I said earlier, I want to sit and be able to watch what they're making and sort of pretend that I'm it. eating it in my mind, yeah. you know, perfectly normal. And uh, I wasn't able to do that again because it didn't give me enough info. So mm. everyone made sort of um, quite different, you know, flavours and different types of things this week. Um, one thing I really didn't like was how sticky the dough looked they had to really oh. sort of knead the dough and it was one of those ones where it gets stuck all over your hands you know like at school when you use pva glue doing papier-mâché yeah. or something and then you were sat <laughs> peeling it off yeah you being an ex-school teacher you, you would know exactly what i'm talking oh, about <laughs> i'm so over all of that it is it's that sort of scraping it off your hands and you find it sort of you know in your fingernails three days later yeah like, i swear i got all of it it's like why so that's why um, i was thinking you know that that dough looked just very wet and then they had to um like knead in their raisins and their fruit lizzie used gin soaked raisins which i thought was interesting um so yeah there were some interesting flavor combinations um we had more cherries this week again um mm. lots of mixed peel that standard fruit cake kind of stuff amanda did rum plum and raisin which i thought was quite funny um quite yeah and uh, freya also used plums and uh she didn't necessarily have the best bake, I thought. She was doing an upside down cake and used some German wine and put that in the bottom of her bake, then her plums, and then um, her sort of, I was going to say batter, that's wrong, mixture sort of on the top. So mm. it would be an upside down cake and hopefully soak in the wine. Um, but she then took it out and you had drips of wine everywhere and she sort of thought, oh, I've used too much. But I actually quite liked what it looked like. The effect of the wine sort of dribbling down, it didn't look... It didn't look like a fountain or anything. I thought it looked no. it looked okay, quite stylistic, you know. I thought it looked all right, and I was quite shocked at the reaction it got because yes, it looked rustic. It didn't look polished and finished and everything, but a lot of the cakes didn't this week. You know, when you're using yeast and stuff to rise anything, it's going to be inconsistent. So I was really surprised when she got negative feedback on the cake because I thought the idea was brilliant the you know she was using the glue vine she was using plums I thought it was such a good idea and they were talking about the proportions because there was quite a lot of cake it was quite a chunky sort of cake at the bottom yeah but I, I, I thought it worked I was really surprised that that she got the negativity that she got yeah I do agree because there is like a trend isn't there to make um, cakes look a bit rustic like you have those naked cakes yeah. like the crumb cakes where you see bits of icing around it but you can also see the cake through it and that's kind of like a style mm. at the moment people like even for wedding cakes so I thought what yeah. she did was it actually looked really nice it was just the difference of color and everything you know going down I d as I say I didn't think it looked horrible at all and I was also surprised yeah. I, I think they said it tasted really nice um, mm. but I don't know she did get a lot of uh, bad comments for it really I don't know if she yeah. don't know if they just felt like it was maybe her time to go or something but um, yeah I was shocked by that too um, mm. someone else who I thought was going to be quite low down in the list for people this week is George and I love George but I'm surprised he's still in really you know I like <laughs> him every week he seems quite humble and everything and he did a chocolate and tahini anniversary cake for him and his wife and they asked how long have you been married and they did that typical thing of oh isn't it funny the man doesn't know how long that he's been <laughs> married oh hilarious yeah well just unobservant George come on um yeah but <laughs> his, his wife just sort of slid away from him on the sofa last night when they were watching at home yeah I'm sure she I think like, so I know. Um, but it was like 14 or 13 years or something. So maybe she's used to it by now. Um, yeah. But uh, something that they said about his was that actually the top tier was raw and it mm. was raw dough and they hadn't, he hadn't baked it enough. So it was a lighter color. And I just thought, well, George's was raw and Freya's, okay, they didn't like the design, but it tasted fine. So how did George get through with a raw cake? I know. And George as well came sixth in the technical. Freya came fifth. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was it was strange. It was an odd one. I mean, he made cheesy marzipan biscuits in the first, you know, in the signature. I don't really know what he was thinking this week. But you're, I, I like George. I think, to I like all the bakers this year. There's not one who stands out for me as um, not likeable. They, they've cast the series so well, as we said in the first episode. Like, it's been great this year. Um, but yeah, I just... As much as I want him to stay, I want them all to stay. George, 
has been lucky, I think. You know, he, could, he should have really gone out before Maggie as well, I think, too. I think so. I thought Maggie... I wonder how Maggie would have done this week because if sticking to her traditional flavours of British bakes, I wonder if she'd have stuck mm. to the traditional flavours of these German bakes. I would have quite liked to have seen where she took it, really. Um, another person yeah. who I thought was quite far down this week was Amanda. And I was surprised that she stayed in after the showstopper as well. I thought it was going to be between Freya, um, Amanda and George. But I was very mm. shocked that Freya was the one to go. She was incredibly upset. But I, I just yeah. thought, oh, no, it's, it's not going to be her. Come on, there was a raw cake and Amanda used completely different cream and things in the technical. I just, yeah. I don't know. I thought those three were in the running to leave. But I was surprised that it was Freya. Me too. It, it was odd. And it, this harks back to the beginning of the, the series when we came up with our top four. And now two of my top four have gone because I thought Maggie could have been top four, although that changed. But I definitely think Freya could have been there. And I know that she found things a little bit trickier with the vegan ingredients last week. But I didn't think it was that bad this week. And so, um, yeah, it was strange. Having said that, what I thought was interesting, and I haven't had a proper look on social media, but I didn't see a huge amount of disagreement on social media. And when we think about the last series with Laura, for example, when she stayed in, there was some awful, awful, you know, social media and trolling and things around that. But nobody really sort of stood up for Freya last night. And I, I was I was sort of surprised by that, because again, I, I thought she had a lot of potential. I think most people were sort of consoling Jürgen, really, but... I think so. That was the shocking news, wasn't it? That Jürgen yeah. <laughs> had, uh, hadn't done as well as everyone was thinking. But yeah, I agree. Freya didn't... She had quite a lot of press, I guess, for the wrong reasons. You know, mm. people seem to, at the beginning, before it even started, you know, you get some media outlets that like to shake things up and just they put things out that are going to be controversial or opinionated just yeah. to get people shouting at each other in the comments. So Freya was subjected to a lot of like, oh, there's a vegan baker on Bake Off this year. How is that going to work? You know, and got quite a lot of people moaning about veganism, but also she had a lot of backlash from talking about her horse riding and the fact that she's vegan. Uh, and then, um, oh, I missed that. yeah, so there was just quite a lot of people were focusing on that really. And I don't think they created like a, you know, she's the 19-year-old, mm. the youngest, the student, you know, that's on Bake Off. Yeah. Isn't it great and lovely? I think they focused on her veganism a lot more and a lot of the press were related to that. But because actually she was really upset and she was one of the youngest people to ever be on Bake Off and she was doing really, really well. So actually I thought she would have had, you know, some sympathy and stuff going around on social media. But yeah, you're right. I didn't see too much. And you're probably no. also right that it was because everyone was talking about Jürgen. Because again, <laughs> in the Showstopper Challenge, he stuck with his uh, German traditional flavours. Um, but then he decided to sort of make it a bit English. I don't know whether just to sort of please Paul and Prue, but he was doing a, a beer-soaked cake, which I thought was interesting. Um, <laughs> but he also, um, his, his design, it wasn't intricate, but it was quite, it was nicely made. It was plaited. It looked very traditional, but he did start mm. off the showstopper challenge by complaining about it and saying like, this is, you wouldn't have asked me for a three-tiered cake of this. This is so wrong. It's like asking for, and then he listed out a few English equivalents, basically like a trifle and something else. I can't remember what it was, but he was trying to show Paul and Prue that this was a ridiculous challenge, which I quite yeah. liked. It really got to him, didn't it, on this final day. Yeah, and in a way it was kind of nice. So thinking about the stick we had for Japan Week a few years ago, you know, you've actually got a German baker in the tent who's sitting there going, this is not right, you know. Um, but what he produced, I thought, was was really good, actually. And it was again, it was a shame because he didn't get the best feedback from Pro and Paul. And, uh, you know, I think it was a bit unfair, really, in, in that respect, because what he made was quite traditional and I like the fact that he put the beer into that as well. So, yeah, it was, it was, mm, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. They said that they liked it, but didn't love it. That was Paul's thing. But with Giuseppe, yeah. who did his cherry cake, um, they, they did love it. They did talk about it as if it was amazing. But again, he did say that he had, um, I can't remember the name of the cake. He's all I can think of is panettone. Um, but he, they did sort of say that he, was reminding himself of what this Italian cake was like and then translating it into mm. the German cake just to make it the same. But Paul was just so enthusiastic about Giuseppe's bake this week, but then really didn't enjoy Jürgen's. And part of the cynical part of me thinks, 
do you, do you think that they would have like thought, oh, it'd be so great if a star baker was given that wasn't Jurgen this week? You know, it would cause a bit of outrage and stuff. But I was just thinking that my, it, myself. I was thinking maybe you know they they sort of said, look, well, really we can't really have Jurgen as star baker this week because because what's the point? You know, it looks too easy. So maybe um, yeah, they they hyped up some of the other ones. I mean, he wasn't the best in in the week, you know. And actually, I think Giuseppe was the best in the week. But yeah, it just sort of it felt weird as I said when he didn't hit the brief and went for Italian style cake or Italian style bakes for both of them that that he got it so easily all in all I think German week it was all right but I'm looking forward to it being another sort of staple week next week because German was okay we learned a bit more but there wasn't enough humor or fun which is why I like the bake-off so we've got pastry week next week which is always a good one how many times are we going to hear the words a rough puff? Oh, no, <laughs> probably <laughs> more times, one. more times than I say <laughs> Sussex Pond puddings in here. So. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the tally. Yeah, it's been added. Um, yeah, so pastry week is going to be a good one. And we spoke about, you know, what would it be like if Freya got to pastry week and she had to create a pork pie or a sausage roll or something. And conveniently, yeah. she's gone. So maybe next week when they're making sausage rolls or whatever they're doing, Maybe they thought, let's get Freya out before we introduce a meat challenge. I would love it if next week's technical is a vegan sausage roll. Oh my God, that's a slap in the face for Freya though, isn't it? Complete slap in the face. She'd be like, what? Um, If I don't remember from the preview what it's going to be next week, I do remember having a quick look, but I, it doesn't spring to mind. No vegan sausage rolls though, unfortunately. No, I'm trying to remember what it was. They, They look like they were creating a big sculpture again in the showstopper um yeah. ah it looked like baklava that they were doing in the technical ah, it looked yes, like it did. so yeah. yeah we'll see how that one goes i'm looking forward to it because it's going to be a bit of bit of normality again and hopefully there'll be some more disasters which we love talking about the most on yes. here um thanks jp for coming on again and talking about german week it's been good um always. exactly um and if you want to see as well we're talking about the podcast jp reminded me that i am putting these uh, videos out and podcasts out actually on youtube as well as apple podcasts and spotify so head over to the january media youtube channel and you can actually see us every week talking about the great british bake-off with our nice backgrounds we've got going on we're sat in the tent exactly fancy. very fancy. fancy well thanks so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week for pastry week Auf Wiedersehen. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Auf Wiedersehen! (laughs) Auf Wiedersehen! Tschüss!